This is Nest, produced in association with Foul Writing. The 13th in this series was written by Eileen Walden and Sam Tempest. Daniel Marcus Randall is read by Sam Tempest. Vicar Martin is read by Eileen Walden. And Vicar Allen is read by me, Alex Horn. Dear Vicar Martin, thank you for how you erected Martha. I was really pleased with how she was placed. It looks like I'm going to be needing your services again sooner than I hoped. Ashley. You know Ashley, she always bought the treacle tart to your church fairs. Well, she's come down with the same sickness that took my Martha. It won't be long till she's gone and turned to stone. She decided to stay at home with me where she would be comfortable. I don't think the hospital would have her anyway. They're overrun. She can still smile, which is good, despite the pain. She always lived to please. She still has movement of her arms and a little movement in her legs, and if it would be helpful during the final stages of petrification, I could position her. Are there any poses you are looking for specifically at the moment? I've spoken to Ashley about this and she's happy to oblige. Her only request was that she look nice. As you know, I suffer from a bad knee, and getting to St. Petrock in my condition is a trip I prefer to make once a week for Sunday services. I look forward to your reply. Regards, Daniel Marcus Randall. Dear Daniel, I'm very saddened to hear of Ashley's recent diagnosis of imminent petrification. Who could forget her treacle tart and the delightful addition of cornflakes? She had such a useful disposition and such an impressive fondness for crimson lipsticks. We will all be at a loss to see her go. As you are aware, due to this frightening epidemic, we are receiving an overwhelming amount of stone bodies. As a result, I've had to get a bit creative in the graveyard. Because it is no longer viable to simply erect the bodies on their own plot, we've taken to creating tableaus, framing the deceased in different forms of embrace. I am, in fact, working on an archway and boundary fence at the moment. I never thought my temporary solution to an overworked undertaker would become such a community favorite. Thank you for your consideration regarding the pose. How do you feel about having Ashley and your late wife Martha touching, possibly in a conversation piece? With God, Vicar Martin. Dear Vicar Martin, God save me, I'm in trouble again, Vicar. I think I must be immune to this bloody disease. To be honest, it seems like, and sorry about my crassness here, every woman that gets into my bed starts the changing into stone thing. And poor sweet Chloe, she used to sing alto in the choir, ginger hair, fabulous legs. I'm sure you remember her. She's on her way to stone now herself. I hope Ashley arrived undamaged. She took her final movements last Tuesday, just as I was reading your guidelines in suggested postures for the statue garden. Sorry about that. I couldn't stop her. I'm sure you'll agree that hands on hips and mouth wide open is not the best look, and not the nice that she had wanted. But I was thinking she might make a nice fountain with the way her lips are formed. Are you doing any sort of landscaping design with the new bodies? I'm asking for my brother Sam. He's handy with the gardening and could really use the work. Maybe he could get some good vines in there, add a little splash of colour. I'll send him over to you. Got to get back to Chloe now. I'm thinking I'll go for the ballerina pose with her as you listed in your pamphlet. Thanks for all the work you're doing, making the best of a bad situation. I'm looking forward to seeing what you've been creating over there. Keep up the good work. Daniel Marcus Randall Dear Mr Randall, Daniel, I am sorry to inform you that Vicar Martin has himself been added to the stone yard, as we have taken to calling it. 
I will be serving as the replacement vicar here at St. Petrock. I'm very much looking forward to my new position. I've always enjoyed dabbling in the arts, and do fancy that I have a bit of a green thumb as well. The Stone Yard seems a great opportunity for me to try my hand at some new mediums. And Vicar Martin has really done an impressive job so far. I have much to live up to. I've heard that you struggle with your knee and have been unable to pay a visit here to your many lady companions. Perhaps I could come by one day to pay you a visit with some photographs and introduce myself. Hope to hear from you soon. Yours with God, Vicar Allen. Thank you very much both for reading and for writing the, these series of letters. Um, I think, first of all, like the most uh, notable thing that we notice about this is that there's more than one letter. So do you want to talk a bit about why you chose to do that and what kind of inspired you to completely change the format? Well, I mean, you emailed me, Eileen, so you take the lead on that one. Um, well, me and Sam have worked collaboratively before and so we have done actually like epistolary processes together mm -hmm. um which are fun because we actually write them together but it's separate characters so you kind of come up with that character development um and then sam actually had this idea this idea that this dialogue between this like womanizer and a vicar there at the graveyard mm -hmm. and what to do with all of these mistresses that have such turned to stone mm -hmm. and the vicar kind of gets into it and he's like oh yes <laughs> I like the way this is all coming together. Yeah, it's sitting in the in the the other room listening to this letter for the first time. I had not heard anything about this. Okay. The only thing I'd heard was that there was a stone yard, and I was like, I wonder what that is. And then you start reading, I'm like, Oh my god, <laughs> this is horrifying. <laughs> it's 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 great. It's like such a creative uh, response to the situation that that they find themselves in, and I it's creepily realistic like i could genuinely see i spend a lot of time in in village churchyards <laughs> <laughs> i could see some of the groundskeepers being like yeah why, why don't we just uh turn the people into stone and <laughs> make them into statues um what kind of fictional stuff were you looking at when when you came up with this idea um each other <laughs> <laughs> no i literally because we'd had a conversation about it when we knew we were going to do it and we wanted to we wanted to do something a little different i guess and not necessarily follow the same pattern that everyone else had done mm. um because really it just seemed a little hard to kind of continue, continue <laughs> and we can be lazy so I was, we were just sitting around and you wanted to do something about, you wanted to change where it was. You might want to put it in America. And then I just had this weird no, idea. No, I didn't, where I never. Yeah, you did. Didn't ever. You did, but you forget, so. We can cut that bit um, out, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you, uh, but I, I just had this weird idea where I thought, huh, if all these people were turning to stone, why would you bother burying them? Mm. You'd just like put them up there. Because then it's kind of like everyone gets to be a statue. And that was it. There wasn't really any kind of like fictional stuff that I'd been reading or anything that just yeah. came. Right. It was also an idea of doing something 
uh, like somehow completely different. We had thought of mm. maybe doing like a collaborative one letter that was like to whom it may concern, right. sort of to post like where the epidemic was at at this point or any necessary yeah. facts so that the letters that came after us would actually have a chance to sort of just summarize, sort of like give a fresh start. So like after this abstract mess, yeah, that's... whoever comes next maybe doesn't have to continue exactly where it was at. Mm. It can just be on a different level, I guess. Yeah, so we've got two letters left. Um, and that's kind of the end of the project. And I was saying to the the previous letter, which was again dealing with kind of the story that we've already set up, um, I cannot see how this is going to end <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, in, yeah. in like a conclusive way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to explode. Yeah. And this is kind of adds to that as well in that you've you've kind of, you've changed the location slightly. It's in a different town in Cornwall. We've been in Penzance for most of the series. Mm-hmm. Now and we're in Bodmin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now we're kind of heading further uh, north and east um, and it's just like exploding. And I just, I genuinely think there's just going to be a zombie apocalypse. And that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> but I can't wait. Um, so you, you were obviously thinking about what was coming next, like the last couple of letters. Did you give much thought to what was coming before beyond just the petrification? Was that were there details that you were thinking of including from like the people's lives that we've created before? Um, I mean, we went over it all, didn't we? We made a mm. massive list of like all the points that we could possibly discuss and things like that um and it really got to the point where we wanted to do this idea of the stone yard and we thought if we like try and shoehorn these other things in there it's probably gonna kind of like not make it as good as it could be mm. um so the idea i think i is mean to make the point without stating the point like yeah. everyone's turning to stone because they you touch someone it's turned to stone yeah. you know and then maybe there's a few people that are carriers that are still surviving so the story can survive to a certain degree, but MI5 has no place in the stone yard. Right, okay, cool. I like that as a quote. That's a yeah, cool yeah. quote. That's on the poster for this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, that, it, there are so many kind of intrigue things going on that it, it, it is almost nice to be like, oh, here's a rural scene that yeah. on the surface looks quite nice. It's just an exchange between a vicar and one of his parishioners, and then... I start to realize as you're reading, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what's he been doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I also got the opportunity to, to speak in this one, which was which was good fun. So you've kind of introduced the idea of like, no one is safe. Yes. Um, often with these uh, kind of weird disease stories, especially in rural locations, there is almost a tendency to be like, well, God can save us. Mm. <laughs> in, the, in the Victorian literature, there was always sort of, you know, oh, well, he's with God now. Um, and I guess there is almost that imagery with they're in the churchyard. So they are sort of with God. But then you go like, oh, no, the vicar's dead. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just, we'll just throw it on its head and be like, ah, nah, vicar's not safe either. <laughs> But poor Daniel, poor Daniel, he's still uh, safe no. somehow. <laughs> I don't know the logistics of that, but he is safe somehow. Um, so yeah. did you want to talk about uh, the kind of your process of working together? I'm interested in the fact that this is the first letter we've had that's been written by two people. Um, so how did you go about, you said you wrote the letters together rather than sort of to each other mm-hmm. in previous projects was that the same here and h- how did that kind of work well so the other letters that we'd written together we 
each picked a character, didn't we? And then we literally, we, we'd sit next to each other, I'd write one, I'd give it to Eileen, she'd read it, and then she'd write a response mm-hmm. and give it back to me. This one we did a little different, and we kind of just wrote it. It was like, where do we start? And I think you just wrote a paragraph out, and then we just put it back and forth, but we both wrote each character's mm-hmm. in this one. I mean, you. I think you wrote Vicar Allen yeah. entirely on your own. But. Well, the big thing I that bigger challenge that we focused on most was having it not read like some um like victorian yeah we really wanted to concentrate trying on the language to, trying to make more of like a colloquial tone i guess mm-hmm. for, for right. daniel right because vickers you know i mean it's very personable it's yeah. on the same level that's kind of the whole idea and then you have you know poor daniel marcus randall who's you know pleading to the vicar mm-hmm. of his failing sex life and you know possible <laughs> loneliness forever uh-huh. you know it's just like on a very real tone and then yeah, also yeah. a bit you couldn't make it specifically any it wasn't a manchester man talking even right. though it was a, a manchester man for being recorded but <laughs> you know it was meant to be really simple tone and um a bit cornish if it was going to be anything because mm-hmm. it, it was an interesting struggle with writing these is like I, you did find yourself slipping into the, like the old Victorian epistolary style yeah. when you're writing it, and we yeah. were like, no, 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 that doesn't work. Go back. You, you Daniel won't say this. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of the process. That was a the probably the biggest part of the process, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is the closest, not in terms of tone, but in terms of like the the kind of setup to this, in that it is an exchange between a parishioner and, and the vicar that we've had, because I think a lot of people have been worried about slipping into that Victorian epistolary stuff so they've gone like oh well we'll introduce you know spies and kind of ya fiction and and balls to the wall yeah and almost like (laughs) sci-fi and stuff this is very real despite the weird mysterious disease like it it genuinely feels like an exchange that could happen now as much as a hundred years ago um and i think that's definitely a credit i'm glad yeah that's that was the idea i suppose Mm. Mm. um so you you kind of both wrote the letters together both edited them together um and i was with you as you were having the conversation about who was reading which mm-hmm. so there was obviously you you both felt equally about these characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i kind of want to ask each of you which your favorite character was was it daniel the the kind of the lonely boy or was it the vicar i mean definitely daniel for me anyway because i just it's just funny to me because that. you're filthy <laughs> 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 it's just funny to me that it's you know this old um, gentleman that's like his wife dies and then he gets you know a new girlfriend and then she dies and he gets a new girlfriend yeah. just, it's so like not morally good <laughs> but at the same time hilarious yeah i think i've related to that as well with them but also i like the fact that the vicars are just like they're on the game you know <laughs> At one point, it. yeah, at one point we were we had more letters. I was like, there should be like a lemonade stand involved, <laughs> right? Like, like the vicar has now like he's bringing in a crowd and he's like making a little cash on the side and like Susie up the road is making a little penny too. Yeah, yeah. My, my favorite, I think, my favorite line from from Daniel is just in brackets your throwaway. She used to sing alto in the choir, ginger hair, fabulous legs. I'm sure you remember her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and we the all know the tart. we all know the vicar remembers her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. 
please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Join us again next time for the next episode of Nest. In the meantime, check out everything else we do at foulwriting.com.